Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin on Twitter. I'm joined, as always, by Avery a- at Brave Grapes. I hope you're having an amazing day today. Uh, and Greg. Uh, I'm never going to financially recover from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew Hubertson at No Pit Stops. Avery, is that how you announce that like you've got some terminal disease? Like you're, just, you're kind and tell people that... I'm trying to make the world a more positive place. Okay. So like three months to live? But <laughs> what? Uh, we have our second week of Pac-12 games in the books. We're going to do a quick recap of all that went down on September 10th. We'll talk about each of the teams. We'll talk about our MVPs for the week. And as always, we'll make our predictions for this coming week. But first, please leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. We're once again back up to three stars on Apple and at 3.9 stars on Spotify. So thank you to everyone for submitting our reviews. We'd love to get those up even more, especially as we continue to hate on BYU for their weird racism. Does that make us a developmental podcast? Is that what we are? Uh, <laughs> up to three stars? That's right. Yeah. Get, give, give us a couple years. Got to give us a couple years. We're in the gym, working hard. Uh, Establish the system. <laughs> Uh, and at NoTruckStops.com, we've got a bunch of bonus content. We have ad-free episodes. We've recently started doing ads, so if you don't, if you absolutely hate those, join us on our $3 Patreon tier. We've got a Discord. We've got live streams, all that stuff. Uh, in fact, we've got Greg and Matt doing a preview episode on Thursdays now. That drops 5 a.m. Pacific, although Greg drops that pretty much whenever he uploads. <laughs> at least it's by Thursday, 5 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> we'll figure out the scheduling Sometimes on that. Sometimes exactly. it's Wednesday at 5 yeah. Pacific. <laughs> very cool stuff uh anyway all that stuff go check it out at notruckstops.com all right let's move on let's start with the recap of all that went down in the pac-12 this past weekend just a quick preamble as i did last week we had 11 games 10 of them non-conference games where the pac-12 went seven and three on the week headlined by washington state beating number 19 wisconsin in madison 17 to 14 off some defensive heroics from the Cougs. Late at night, Oregon State beat Fresno State 35-32 in a thriller where Jack Coletto scored the walk-off go-ahead touchdown to win the game for the Beavs. Cal narrowly slipped past UNLV 20-14 in another ugly defensive slugfest in the Pac-12. Arizona fell to Mississippi State 39-17, a moderately competitive game late at night in Tucson. Meanwhile, their rivals, Arizona State, lost to Oklahoma State 34-17 in a similarly semi-competitive game where the truck stop pulled away late. Uh, and less competitive blowouts for the Pac-12, Colorado got fucking owned by Air Force uh, after gaining <laughs> just 160, after just <laughs> gaining a, 162 yards of offense. Uh, USC beat Stanford 41-28. A lot of fireworks early uh, in that one until the game uh, slowed down considerably. UCLA beat its first ever FCS opponent in history, HBCU Alabama State 45-7. Washington took care of business, beating Portland in Seattle 52-6. And finally, Oregon and Utah took out their week one frustrations on their FCS opponents. The uh, Ducks manhandled Eastern Washington 70 to 14, and Utah with a similar score, humiliating Southern Utah 73 to 7. All right, let's start, I think, with the most shocking and most consequential Pac 12 result of the day. Washington State beat number 19 Wisconsin in Madison 
17 to 14. Despite uh, a horrific offensive outing by the Cougs where Washington State only gained 253 yards of total offense and turned over the ball three times, uh, they still won this game because of their defense. Uh, Wisconsin did gain a bunch of yards but struggled to finish their drives. They turned over the ball three times themselves. Matthew Hubertson and I talked about this one on our Patreon when it just dropped in our instant reaction uh, post there. So let's start with Avery on this one. Avery, what did you see in this Washington State-Wisconsin game that stuck out to you? All right. I will say that I'm not shocked Wazoo won, mainly because I was high on Wazoo before the season. The reason I'm shocked is because they won um, with their defense. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think anyone like expected from Wazoo going to the season. At least I didn't. I thought Wazoo would be good because of their offense, and they definitely were not good because of their offense. Their offense really struggled in this game. Um, Cameron Ward was disappointing for the second week in a row, and he wasn't making the throws that he needed to. There was also some issues with his O-line just making everything more difficult for him. But holy shit, their defense played really well. It was obviously very well coached. Um, I think Jake Dicker is like very good at making low-rated um, athletes believe in themselves. That's my theory, <laughs> <laughs> is that Wazoo's good because their coach can hype them up and make them believe that if they play with enough heart, anything is possible. <laughs> so so he's Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, he's Kyle Whittingham, but like less fraudulent, in my opinion, because he has less to work with. Matt did not like that. <laughs> uh, I'm just Gre- kidding. <laughs> Greg, what about you? What did you think? Do you do you feel the same way that every does? Do you have any different opinions about them? In terms of Deckard versus Whittingham, I would have a different opinion. But <laughs> uh, I was also high on Wazoo, except I am definitely shocked that they won that game. The defense was very, very impressive, uh, even if it is a Wisconsin team that doesn't like offense still very impressive to do that to a big 10 team uh super clutch super super fun to watch it was a great game i really still don't know what to think of wazoo going into the pac-12 season like they have i think i mean they've shown that they can have like a really high performance but they can also i really think they could also just shit the bed and that (laughs) that is concerning to me they could lose to maybe anyone but colorado on a bad day but i think their good days will be good enough that they'll get someone good too so it should be a really fun season to to watch them this year yeah they are uh avery nailed this they are going to be the most chaotic team in the pac-12 they already are (laughs) uh coming off against against the game uh against idaho where they frankly it was almost the exact same game except with like a against a way better team yeah they, they almost lose to FCS team Idaho and then beat Wisconsin in Madison on the road. Uh, <laughs> wow, like what a what a crazy performance. I, I will say that I, I said it, I, I, I'm proud of one take from last week and the one take was, I'm not going to hold Washington State's FCS game performance against them because they do it every single year. Like every single year, it's like, oh, wow, this FCS team looks really good against Washington State. That's pretty fucking embarrassing for Washington State. And then they go and do some shit like this. Um, no, I think I think this is a different program at this point. We, Matt and I talked about this. Uh, whether it's going to be good or not is TBD. Obviously, some uh, good results here for them. Uh, but, like, they're a defensive first team. They're, they have 
per uh, ESPN's, I think, defensive efficiency metric, I got to go back and look at SP plus and beta rank, but at least per ESPN, they have the best defense in the Pac-12, uh, just analytically. That's pretty stunning. Uh, and they also have a horrible offense. I, I think like Cam Ward does not look anywhere near as advertised. Their offensive line is I, I think it's brutal. Um, I saw some of the pod versus everyone guys, the Washington state podcast that I really like. Uh, they, um, they, they were a little higher on the offensive line in this game, but I just, I just couldn't see it. Like it felt like Cam Ward was both running into, into pressure, but also was being forced out of the pocket pretty quickly and also was not making great throws. Despite all of that though, despite all of that, their defense really kept them in this game forced turnovers. Like Washington state has done now, pretty much for what a, a year and two games it, it was impressive i like despite the fact that they were really bad offensively to be able to do that uh in madison against a wisconsin team that's going to win whether you think they're good this year or not they're going to win eight nine games probably um in the big 10 so i don't know i was impressed by it but matt i know you're not so what, what do you think about <laughs> this game in washington state yeah no all that being said like great great words great talk uh love love to hear that um <laughs> <laughs> Next three games for Wazoo at home: Colorado State, Oregon, and Cal. Zero and three. No. What, one no, and two. What? No. What? Are you fucking crazy? Did Just you want to see Cal? Greg, I. To get Greg. <laughs> Uh, just a quick chat. Our buddy Matty Schwaz says that uh, they'll win like seven or eight games. Still, if they go zero and three, they're not winning seven or eight games. Uh, it was that. that was before I said that. I <laughs> so. Oh my gosh! I Wisconsin does this. I know you guys don't like college football. You're not college football fans. I get that. Um, <laughs> and, and, you. and I completely respect that. Wisconsin does this. They they are very much a we'll keep it to a one score game. We don't like offense. We don't care for offense, and we just want to like bring this game into the mud. And the problem is, is that Washington State was born in the mud. They were molded by it. They didn't see a clean bath until they were but a man. Like you, they... think, you think that Cal <laughs> plays outside the mud? You think Cal no. is above the mud? You think no, Colorado I'm... State was Listen, built for this? <laughs> Colorado I'm State not... is ass. I understand that, but there's, I don't know. Colorado like, State is 0-2. <laughs> like, you don't get to sit here. Carlos doesn't get to sit here and say that, like, you're not holding a early like uh, an fcs opponent game against them because because this is what their program does and then be like after one week be like yeah see they're gonna beat all the teams that they're supposed to like i think that this is going <laughs> to continue to be a, a chaotic point. team i think that this is apps i'm so proud of a pac-12 team for finally taking their voodoo out on a non-conference team that is wonderful <laughs> like beat those teams instead of beating a 10 and 0 usc that's fantastic that's what we want to see but this I, I i do not think that this is a program changing win i still don't like i mean i don't know they should beat colorado state a hundred percent am i going to be shocked if they lose that game and we just shrug and be like yeah washington state like cooked it like i I, I think that that's going to be very similar they ran for 2.4 yards per carry it's bad yes it was like, really bad this I'm not I, I'm not super impressed by this game either side. I don't think that Wisconsin was good at all. But and and that was kind of the tone I took yesterday with with Carlos. But I cool. Like this is great. This is very fun to watch. It was a very fun game. But like as far as moving forward and like projecting it forward, uh, this is a throwout to me. Colorado State lost to Middle Tennessee University yesterday. Oh, they're horrendous. <laughs> Colorado 100%. State is so bad. <laughs> no, they're so bad. 
50-50 game? <laughs> okay. Okay. One thing, one thing. This is truck stops, but I think Clay Helton has a place in all of our hearts. Uh, Nebraska just fired Scott, uh, Scott Frost. Uh, I don't. Despite the fact that his buyout is dropping in a month. I guess yeah, they're not I waiting. I don't. Like, by like, <laughs> by like $10 million. Like, it's not. This is not a small amount of money for two weeks. And yet they can't wait. Oh, that's <laughs> really fucking funny. Clay oh Helen, coach of the year. <laughs> what a legend. Uh, real quick, I just want to say about this this is what Wisconsin does thing. Um, they're 10 and 2 since 2017 in their non conference regular season games. It is pretty rare for Wisconsin to lose non conference games, uh, especially at home. Especially at home. Um, so I, I don't want to like discount this and say, ah, what well, you know, this is what Wisconsin does. Like, I get it. I don't really care about Wisconsin. I don't really watch Wisconsin. But like historically, this is like a, a pretty rare loss. Now, again, I think you're right. They've let a dog shit BYU team beat them like two years ago. Like what? It- I, 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 <laughs> but but to your point, they will be chaotic. I don't think they'll beat every team that they're supposed to beat. But I think that's going to even out because they're going to beat some teams they're not supposed to beat. They're probably going to beat Oregon. They have a good chance of beating Utah, given that that game's Thursday night in Pullman. You said either of those are teams they're not supposed to be? <laughs> I mean, in the sense, of, in a vacuum. But yes, in those situations, you would probably expect them to, to win those games. But um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just feel better. I mean, what do you think, Matt? You think they're a 6-6 six and six team, 5-7 and seven team, 7-5 and five team? Is that where you feel? Is that what you mean by they're not going to, you know, they're not as good as people are thinking? Uh, where do you see them going if you're not high on them? I think, oh my gosh. So I I agree that they're incredibly chaotic and I think that the middle of the Pac-12 is incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. When other teams are competitive though, when you're talking about a chaotic team, I lean off of them. I, I tend to fade like chaotic teams. So like I could very comfortably and easily see Wazoo going two and seven in conference. Okay. I, I, I Especially the way the middle of the Pac-12 is shaping up. What about you, Avery? Do you have uh, what's your expectation of Washington State going forward after this game? Do you feel differently about them? Do you still feel like they're? I mean, you thought they were an eight or nine win team. Do you feel better about that? Worse than that? Well, I know it's only been two weeks, but I'm pretty confident that Wazoo is going to play or try to play the exact same way this season as long as Cameron Ward continues to play like shit. And that's just like just doing enough, doing enough to try to win. Like, I, I think I'm familiar enough with um, defensive head coaches that don't love scoring to <laughs> say that, like, they're not going to blow anyone out as long as their quarterback's not elite. So I, I guess I'm lower on them just because I think a really strong offensive team with the shit defense is capable of doing so much more than a strong defensive team that can't run the ball more than three yards per carry. Yeah. So I still feel confident that they're going to be bowl eligible. But I definitely don't think they're, uh, they don't look like a nine win team right now. Not why their offense is so bad. So I would say like seven and five. Greg, what about you? Yeah, I'm thinking anywhere from five to seven wins. Uh, Variance is going to get them. They're going to lose a game in the same way they won the game against uh, Wisconsin uh, because it's just not a style that works every time, you know, relying on turnovers like that. Uh, But at the same time, I think it'll work enough that they'll get. If not to a bowl, I do think they'll get to a bowl. But, you know, if they don't, uh, I bet it'll be five wins instead of uh, instead of like three or four. Uh, yeah, I still think they'll be a competitive team for most of the year. Cam Ward could figure his shit out, though. 
be good. Absolutely. Because I think he still is trying to like adapt to what he's playing against and figure out the stuff with the O-line. And if he does, it could become a completely different team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he figures it out, things start clicking. He gets better as the season goes on. Washington State's scary. Um, that's like that's probably the one X factor. Even if he does have a, a horrific offensive line, maybe it improves over the year over the course of the year. But if he just improves by himself, uh, it's probably a different calculus that we have to take with Washington State. Okay, well that's enough talk about Washington State. Big win. Hold on, for... we need to go back to Nebraska for two seconds. Oh uh, my God, who cares? Shut up, real quick. Merry fuck kill for Nebraska. Jimmy Lake, Clay Helton, Urban Meyer. Go. Oh, oh, <laughs> God. oh my God, kill Urban Meyer. Uh, I fucking hate that piece of shit. Um, yes, for us, yes. However, I bet Nebraska fans, he's at the top of their list. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they have no values. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think and we be all way... know they'd vote to kill Jimmy Lake. We know that's it's what racist they do. to kill Jimmy Lake. So they're that's definitely right. gonna, they're definitely that's gonna what hire they do. Brian Harson after Auburn fires him. Right? Oh God. <laughs> They'll try to hire Matt Campbell and fail, and it'll be really funny. I hope they hire. <laughs> I hope they hire um, Jimmy Lake for the narratives, but mm-hmm. I don't think it will happen. It'd be really funny if he succeeded. Jimmy Lake's got to be a defensive coordinator. I don't know what he's doing on the free. I think market. he's an analyst somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah, probably like Alabama or something. Um, okay, enough trucks. <laughs> Saban school for wayward boys. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, the other road dog this week that went on the road and won. Oregon State traveled to Fresno and escaped with a win over the Fresno State Bulldogs, 35-32 to in a thriller. The end of this game went, went completely off the rails. Oregon State actually trailed 23-14 to late into the third, but then the Beavlet rallied to take a 29-26 lead with 2 minutes 41 seconds left. That ended up being way too much time for noted Pac-12 slayer Jake Hayner, <laughs> who led a 90-second go-ahead touchdown drive to regain the lead for Fresno, 32-29. to His kicker actually missed the extra point, uh, which would have forced Oregon State to score a touchdown. Despite all that, though, the Beavlet persevered. Chance Nolan led a brilliant drive uh, down the field with the help of his tight end, Luke Musgrave. The Beavs got all the way down to the Fresno two-yard line with about three seconds, I think, to go. And instead of kicking a chip shot to tie the game and send it to overtime, uh, our boy Big Balls Smitty, Jonathan Smith, called for the Jack Coletto wildcat formation. And Jack Coletto ran it in for a touchdown as time expired, giving uh, our Oregon State Beavlet a 35-32 to victory. This game ended up being wildly unhinged, so let's talk about it. What did you think of this game, and what did you think of Oregon State? Let's uh, let's start with Greg. I loved the game. Super, super fun to watch. Uh, Jake Hayner, I love him. He did his thing. And then, despite the fact that he did an awesome drive, Oregon State still won, so like 10 out of 10 for me on the game in terms of my enjoyment. Uh. And then Chance Nolan at the end, like leading leading the Beavs down the field for a touchdown. And I loved the decision not to kick. I thought that was the right decision. I think they would have lost in overtime because each team gets the same amount of possessions. And I think Fresno's offense just looked better the whole night for me, and especially was, without was Musgrave injured. out. Yeah. Yep. Without him, I just don't think they could have done it in overtime. So absolutely the right decision to go for it. Obviously, you got to give it to Coletto. What else do you do in that spot? And it worked. Just fantastic game. Oregon State was impressive. What about you, uh, Matt? What did you think of this game? What did you think of Oregon State? Oh, I love that. My heart was so full watching this game. Uh, our estranged prince, Jake Hayner, um, just putting on a show. Still couldn't get the win, but put on a show. And 
y'all chance Nolan is on a Tyler Huntley arc that I am just in love with. I love him so much. I love what he is doing for the team. Being able to step up in these big moments and lead a game winning drive is exactly where he needed to improve. And I love everything about what's going on there. This is what we expected them to be doing coming into the year. I will say, I am surprised that Oregon State won in the way that they did. Primarily, it was through the passing game. I thought that I don't think their rushing, um, their rushing game got into much of a rhythm. I think they had their moments, and they certainly had some big chunk yards. But it was it was Chance Nolan that really um, uh, got them to where they needed to be. I I I was very impressed with that. Not just that game winning drive, but really most of the fourth quarter, maybe even the third. He, these were not just sort of like uh, these were not like 10 yard dump offs or anything like that these were lasers dimes uh from that were like i i want to look at uh uh who's the stats of war guy uh the parker um mm-hmm. he does he put out last week uh sort of like depth of average depth of target chance nolan's has got to be high like he was he wasn't just throwing again dump offs these were lasers like 20 30 yards downfield that he was hitting um a lot of that has to do with scheme but chance nolan was also those were in some tough spots so this was a really good game from him this was like a a, honestly a breakout game especially given the fact that fresno is a good team jake hayner i think safe to say he he kicks ass if he were Mm -hmm. in the pac-12 He'd be the clear number two quarterback, I think, in the league. He should have gone to Washington. Him in the Washington offense would have been really cool. Um, but he he owns even uh, even though he lost, he ended up not his uh, fault. Putting, yeah, yeah, it was nowhere near his fault. Um, so no, this is an awesome game from Oregon State. An awesome game from Chance Nolan. A really good game from Fresno State. Like this is one of those rare Pac-12 games where a Pac-12 team wins, and it's and like i kind of walked away being like these are both good teams like they are impressive teams i am not down on either of them i thought this was just a straight up good game avery what did you think of this game oh it was so entertaining to watch it's just absolutely beautiful my biggest issue with the game was the drops just the constant drops yes like chance nolan had a great game and you wouldn't know how great from looking at the stats because there's just so many drops i feel like on every mm-hmm. drive there's like three huge drops and musgraves was the only guy um actually catching the ball and so i agree with greg that kicking it was not the move because without musgrave like i don't think they would have won because nobody was consistently catching the ball um i also think jonathan smith has just massive balls and <laughs> It's been really fun to watch him like have a quarterback that can make the throws that he wants him to make because if you listen last season, every week I just was complaining about how much Jonathan Smith wanted Chance Nolan to throw the ball and the run game was obviously working better. And this year, it's working really well and it's been fun to watch this team as like a pass-first team. So uh, I just want to do a little narrative talk here. Uh, we talked preseason that the first two weeks of Oregon State season was going to tell us a lot about Oregon State. They're now 2-0. and They beat Boise State, which probably figures to be a nine-win Mountain West team. Maybe they're not as good because we don't think about good about uh, we don't think anything great about Andy Avalos and all that stuff. But then they went on the road, a true road game against Fresno. That crowd was raucous. Like that was a, a real college crowd in fresno oregon state manages to pull it out 
do you feel now? I uh, I was on my Oregon State is a ten and two team agenda. Uh, I feel somewhat validated by that. I will say the Pac-12 is way stronger than I thought it was going to be. So I'm, I almost want to hedge a little bit about, about that. But Greg, I want to start with you. Do you think differently about this Oregon State team? Do you put them in a different tier because they came out of these first two games 2-0? So I picked them to th- come out of the first two games 2-0. Okay. But I do feel a little differently. It's kind of weird because on the one hand, Chance Nolan, so much better than I thought he'd be. Like he mm-hmm. looks like a great quarterback. On the other hand, those receivers are concerning. Like the drops were a big issue, uh, and the defense was a little bit concerning against Fresno too. Like they gave up some big plays. Uh, but on the other hand, Jake Hayner is a better quarterback than they'll have to face in the Pac-12 for every game except for USC, and that could that could <laughs> that could go a long way. <laughs> so I'm crazy. feeling I'm feeling good about the uh, yeah. I'm feeling good about the nine and three Oregon State pick. My biggest concern with Oregon State is I feel like as they have more film that coaches can watch, I feel like they're like predictably easy to scheme against. At least from what I've seen about their run game, I know they haven't like utilized it as much. It just doesn't feel like with their skill of their receivers, I feel like a a defensive staff that's good could like scheme against that. But at the same time, how many good defenses are in the conference? I'm not sure. Yeah. There's maybe like, first of all, in that defensive efficiency stat I noted about Washington State, um, in ESPN's defensive efficiency metric, no Pac-12 team has a top 25 defense. Um, Washington State is actually number one at number 27. So this might be, we might be in for like a big 12-y type of year or an old school Pac-12 year where like we've got a ton of really good offenses um, and not very many great defenses. Uh, But it's interesting. I don't know. Matt, do you reassess uh, Oregon State's chances in the Pac-12, where they sit in the hierarchy after now they've gone 2-0 and against two pretty decent Mountain West programs? No, because I was right, like I usually am for a brand over <laughs> amen. Um, so, okay, using like that defensive efficiency metric, that does not control for opponent. Um, so, yeah. like, bear that yeah, in mind important. as you're talking about what you're looking at, specifically because, like, you're what should be better. I don't even know like if we actually feel like Oregon is a better defense in the Pac-12. Oh, yeah. But um like it, you've played some legitimate teams with with those defenses and again, whilst you played Wisconsin. Um so that that is something to bear in mind when looking at those stats. SP plus is really like just thinks that the defenses in Pac-12 are solid. Um I think like the top 7 teams are all like 35 and up 37 and, and up yeah the top top eight teams are ranked 37 and up so th- there's there's definitely some value there as far as they're just solid uh which is way better than last year where you saw utah and oregon being in like the top 15 all season and then everybody else being under 50 <laughs> under 60 so i i think that there's some good some some relatively fair value in in seeing that maybe maybe it won't be going so cleanly for Oregon State. I I was high on Oregon State. Like I you look at their schedule moving forward and I do not think they have a prayer at beating USC the way that they're that USC's offense is playing right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some Corvallis magic and you know some ghosts or some shit can make can, can grab Kayla Williams ankle when he's trying to throw and he'll be inaccurate. But that that does not look like a game that 
I feel great about and certainly going on the road to Utah, I don't feel great about, but everybody else the rest of the way that that's a team you can beat a hundred percent of the time. So, uh, I, I love their chances at going 10 and two. I am a hundred percent bullish on there's no way they're worse than eight and four on the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just looking at their schedule and the, the way the PAC 12 schedule has just shaped up for a ton of teams is that like, I don't know. The vast majority, I think, of Pac-12 teams get a favorable conference schedule, at least the, ba- the vast majority of them that are at the top, right? Like, they do have to play USC in Reeser, which I, I, I'm I not ready to say they don't have a, a prayer against USC in Reeser Stadium. I'm not quite ready to go that far. I am ready I, we'll, to go there. We'll, we'll talk about USC next. I'm, but I feel worse about that game, for sure, but I'm not quite ready to go there. We'll talk about USC next. Uh, they go at Utah. That's Probably still a loss, although Utah's defense, we got to see. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to count that as a loss as much as I did preseason. And then it's at Stanford. They're winning that game. They host Washington State. They could absolutely win that game. They host Colorado. They're definitely winning that game. They go at Washington, a lot tougher than I think we thought preseason. So I don't know. That's like a toss-up. And then Cal, Arizona State, Oregon. I feel like they're going to be all three of those teams, uh, especially because that Oregon game is in Reacher. So I think Matt might be right. Like this might be a, an eight win team at minimum. I said it. I said it preseason. My hot take was that they don't lose after the Utah game. And you did. I look pretty good right now. I'm just saying. You that. do. You do. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the other uh, fucking most depressing game of the Pac-12 for a number of reasons. Although I was losing my shit at it. Uh, USC Stanford. This is our first conference tilt of the season. USC was mostly dominant in this game, at least in the first half. Uh, the Trojans came out. Guns blazing, scoring on all five of their first half possessions to take a 35-14 lead at the half. Second half was a hell of a slog, in part, I think, due to some defensive adjustments from both teams, but also probably because both teams, and and mainly USC, stopped caring and were sitting on the ball and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, I've got so many thoughts about this absolutely fucking terrifying USC team at this point, but I want to start with Matt. Matt, what did you think about this game, and how do you feel about USC coming out of it? Man, fuck USC. I'm so <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> this and and especially honestly, like the biggest reason that it's fuck USC is fuck the fact that all of these other like national pundits that just saw Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison go there, like they're fucking right. God, I hate it. <laughs> I hate the fact that they're all going to be right, and USC like looks legitimately poised to like be going undefeated. Like, yeah, just. What the fuck, man? This sucks. I'm <laughs> I'm depressed. Uh, yeah. So just just for people who did not watch this game, uh, USC was terrifying, terrifying offensively. Those first five possessions, it was like it felt like it uh, it was going to be inevitable. It was within like three plays. It really felt like within three snaps they were going to get a touchdown. Um, Jordan Addison was unbelievable. He had that one big. They USC had that one big play. I think this might have been their second or third offensive possession. Caleb William just fucking launches it to Jordan Addison, who just who clowned Caillou Blue Kelly, a guy that we all think is the number two defensive back in the entire Pac-12. Maybe number maybe one. Maybe number one. Yeah. Just burned him, made him look like a fucking accountant. That was <laughs> insane to me. Like I could not get over I could not get over how Jordan Addison just straight up beat him and, and made Caillou Blue Kelly look silly. That was truly the most terrifying fucking thing I've ever seen. I, 
I am I'm terrified. I, I like we talk about uh and Greg, I'm sure I'll get to you next cuz I think you'll have a lot to say about USC's defense. I don't care. Uh they they don't have a great defense. They gave up they looked better in the second half, I will say. They looked genuinely better in the second half. But first half USC defense, not great. Don't care. There no team is going to be able to put up like the number of points that are needed to beat USC. At this point, who knows? Maybe they look worse against some other teams and maybe we're just inflating them but this looked i was pissing my pants this entire time (laughs) uh greg greg what did you what did you think yeah so usc's defense was somehow like worse than i expected them to be in this game like they're really bad but like you said it doesn't matter because that offense is so fucking good it doesn't how did they make it so good in just one year (laughs) how did how did that even happen but like Jordan Addison, by far the best receiver in the conference. Caleb Williams, by far the best quarterback in the conference. Lincoln Riley, by far the best coach in the offense. I guess, I mean, in the conference, I guess it makes sense. But like, fuck, they might they we might go undefeated. We, had, we thought we had more time. We thought we had more time. <laughs> <laughs> like at least two weeks, right? Like I thought yeah, we had I mean, two like, fucking okay. weeks. My only, my only saving grace here right now is I keep reminding myself that it was against Stanford, and I'm trying to bring myself back down to earth. But with the eye test, I just don't see anyone stopping that offense. Even even on, there was that deep ball to Mario Williams where he just underthrew him by a lot because Mario <laughs> Williams was wide open. Yeah. And he comes back. It was fights amazing. off the DB and catches it. And it's just like, how did he do that? On. What are you supposed to even fucking do? <laughs> I think the only reason that um, USC was like down on earth with the rest of us um, mere mortals the last few years is their quarterback play. Like, I think that's like blatantly obvious. They had these like average white guys playing quarterback. And now Caleb Williams is a god and I'm I'm terrified. <laughs> I will say that uh, a lot of this, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the scheme that they're now playing into. Like this is now, we talked about right, Lincoln Riley is like preseason is the best uh, offensive mind in college football. I, I will say like, it's not like USC hasn't tried the whole, hey, how about you just like get your receivers and throw it downfield and then see what happens. This was pretty methodical. Like this was, yeah. they set those up pretty well. They used the running game really well. They used the short passing game really well. And then it was sort of like Stanford just got caught off guard and, and it was like, well, oh, we got a one-on-one matchup with the best DB in the country. Who fucking cares? Uh, we'll we'll throw it up. Genuinely though, do they need to be methodical about it? I don't think so. I think that was just for fun. I don't I don't think they had to do that. I think they could have just thrown the ball up to Jordan Addison. They wanted to pad Kalen Williams's uh completion percentage. That's the only reason they were doing the short ones. The famed completion percentage. Mario Williams was was big on the fantasy team. I appreciated it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. If you got I have both Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison fantasy. Totally unfair. I was playing <laughs> against Jordan Addison. Somehow I won. It was a miracle. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was cooked after that first touchdown, but yeah, USC is like really good. I wish we had like defenses in this conference that could challenge them, but I don't think we do. And so I feel like <laughs> they're the favorites in the conference well, for sure now. I honestly think that Caillou Blue Kelly is a better matchup for Jordan Addison than Clark Phillips just because of his size. And mm-hmm. so that freaks me the fuck out a lot <laughs> as a Utah fan. Yeah. Yeah, they're be- they're best. Uh, they're going to get Utah in Rice Eccles, so that's going to be fun. They get Washington State. Those are probably the two best defenses in the Pac-12, if we're putting much stock into what Washington State has done. But Washington man. State might be the perfect team to beat them. Actually, yeah, because, yeah. The problem uh, is that game's in LA. Yeah, um, if it was in Pullman, I would be more 
um, convinced, but oh yeah, because they they won't have maximum chaos on their side. But yeah, I feel like that might be the way to beat USC is just cause turnovers. Just yeah, but then the you need you hands. need Washington State to stop making stupid mistakes on offense. Yeah, yeah, there any team is going to have to put up some points to do that. Uh, let's talk about the other. Pac-12 team that goes complete. I forgot about them. Truly, I have like a note here. Uh, hey, let's make sure we talk about Stanford. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because we forgot the other team was a Pac-12 team because they made them look like an FCS team. Uh, <laughs> thoughts about Stanford? They uh, had a pretty good first half offensively. Obviously, got torched defensively. I'm not sure how much of that is Stanford, how much of that is USC. I feel like it's definitely more USC than Stanford. But uh, Matt, what did you think about competent Stanford? Their offense, what they look like in the second half? If that you know, if anything from this game is making you feel differently about Stanford being other anything other than bad. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but um, Emma Smith's son is good at football. He is quite good. <laughs> he's at he's the like football. a pretty good little running back. Truly shocking stuff. Um, no, EJ, EJ Smith was legitimately great. I was really, really impressed, impressed with him. Uh, Tanner McKee, we got to talk, buddy. Um, <laughs> I talked a lot of shit for you and like said you were like the third best quarterback in the conference by like a long shot and this is not looking great um if we could uh if we could step this up that that'd really be appreciated um two interceptions one of them not i don't want to say it wasn't his fault with it being a tip drill but like it was a bad throw (laughs) it was still totally his fault and taking five sacks regardless of your offensive line you got to make the adjustment you got to make the adjustment you got to get that ball out figure something out man that this was not a good showing for tanner mckee against a not great defense yeah by any stretch tanner mckee looked pretty brutal uh it was the picks which by the way two weeks in a row now usc getting a a bunch of picks and a bunch of turnovers don't know how sustainable that is but washington state has proved to us that maybe it is a sustainable strategy here if, if you're willing to give up a ton of yards the way that usc does um but no, he he did not he, he he did not look good this game. I thought the decision making from him was bizarre. Uh, this is not the Tanner McKee that we saw at the beginning of 2021. Uh, his pocket presence, I thought, was not great. Uh, he held the, the ball uh, held on to the ball for way too long, so he did not look good. EJ Smith, though, you're right. I think he was he was awesome. I, Stanford's rushing game again, not sure because it's USC. We don't know what USC's defense is actually again, like on average, but. Stanford did run the ball. Uh, that's a saving grace. They could not do that last year. They were mm. horrific at it last year. But Avery, what do you think about Stanford? Do you feel any differently about them? Uh, they looked competent in this game. And I don't know if that's because USC's defense just isn't great. But like they, obviously, they weren't close to winning. But they like were, they were around. Um, but I agree. Like EJ Smith is most definitely the most bright light on Stanford's team. He was really good, um, and I'm sad that he has to play for Stanford. I wish he was on a better team in this conference. Ah, the the story of Stanford skill position players. I wish they were on a team that wasn't Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what about you? Do you feel any you feel any different about Stanford? Do you like their performance against a a, a USC team? I mean, good on them for scoring as much as they did, 28 points, but should have been a lot more. Tanner McKee had been better. It would have been more. EJ Smith fumbling was a problem, despite the fact that he was very good in that game. The fumbles were an issue. I don't really feel any different about Stanford, except I guess I do think their skill positions are good, and it does suck that they play for Stanford. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think Stanford's lines 
are just so bad. They're so, so bad. bad. <laughs> like USC's front seven, I don't think is particularly good. And they dominated Stanford's O line. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think Stanford's going to be good this year. I uh, feel more validated about that take uh, than I did after the last after the last week. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Stanford. Uh, let's let's move on and talk about some of the uh, losses that the Pac-12 suffered. Only three of them. Um, we'll talk about two of them right now. Arizona State lost to Oklahoma State 34-17. to This game was pretty close up until midway through the fourth quarter uh, when Oklahoma State shut it down and went up 34-17 to with eight minutes left in the game. Later that night, Mississippi State beat Arizona. Similar kind of game. Arizona was pretty competitive until the fourth quarter, although I think we have some... Uh, a few more questions about the Wildcats after this one. So where do you want to start, Avery? Let's start with you. Do you want to start with Arizona losing to Mississippi State or Arizona State losing to OK State? Where are you thinking? Where I didn't was most watch of your the energy? ASU um, game, so I have like no opinions on that other than I knew they were bad, and they are still bad. Um, Arizona losing to Mississippi State was a, a knife to the heart. Uh, I probably should have expected it, but I didn't think Jaden Delora would be that shit. We talk about Jaden Delora... Like he is sometimes really good and sometimes really bad and usually not really in the middle. And this was his um, really bad game. He made a lot of questionable decisions. He threw a lot of interceptions and the entire game I just had was scratching my head wondering why I ever thought he was a good quarterback. But that probably (laughs) means he'll have an amazing game next week. So we'll see how that goes. Loved it. (laughs) Loved it. It's exactly like do have your shit games against the teams you're going to lose to anyways. That's perfect. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, well, what did you think Matthew Robertson about Arizona? Were you, you're not, you don't seem concerned about Jaden Delora. Not at all. We, this is exactly what we know. This experience is like, <laughs> it's very similar to the Bonex experience. <laughs> like he's going to win you some games. He's going to very much lose you some games. <laughs> he very much lost this football game for Arizona, but I don't, I mean, obviously it was a little bit closer than, than you thought it was going to be for a good solid while. And so you wonder if, um, just having to be on the field more, you know, made Arizona's defense quit a little bit at the end there but I think that like I don't I don't think that Arizona was better than than Mississippi State I think they were probably going to lose this game anyways and so like I'm all for get that shit out of your system every chance that you can against a team that you're going to lose to anyways yeah I I thought that uh, Mississippi State despite the fact that Arizona with it was within arm's reach for the vast majority of this game I thought Mississippi State was very clearly the better and more talented team uh, watching uh, Mike Leach air raid offense with top 25 talent is like pretty crazy. They looked much, much more talented. Like it felt like Mississippi state was getting eight, nine yards per play every single time they snapped the ball on offense. Defensively, it looked like Arizona was laboring. I think a lot of that did have to do with Jaden Delora again, being man, he had some absolutely brutal decision-making, uh, just like it felt like uh, the second he snapped the ball, he was scrambling whether whatever the protection looked like. It's just like he was rolling out almost every single time. I think Matt, you picked up on this uh, and posted it on Twitter. It looked like it even pissed off his his receivers, Jacob Cowing and Tet McMillan. Um, that that was a, a brutal game for Jaden Laura. I'm hesitant to say he lost it for them just because I think Mississippi State did look much, much, much better. Um, 
again, because they're more talented. They have better athletes. Mike Leach has been there for three years now, and so it's like the air raid is probably starting to come into form. We know it takes a couple of years for Mike Leach's system to get implemented. So I don't want to put all of it on him. That uh, that said, he was probably the worst, uh, most visibly worst player for Arizona uh, that game. He just had some insane decisions. Do y'all want to hear a statistical dead body? Yes. So gameonpaper.com, I use this a lot, just kind of seeing like narrative stuff. They do a lot of fun stuff with EPA. Um, They have added a percentile ranking. So based off of how you ranked an EPA in a certain category, what percentile your team would have been based on 2021 statistics and averages uh arizona epa per play zeroth percentile success rate first percentile zero uh, yards per play zeroth percentile epa per drop back zeroth percentile epa for rush first percentile yeah that's bad explosive play rate zeroth percentile red zone success rate zeroth percentile yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think that tracks with the the game that we saw from so, so bad <laughs> uh and despite all of that they were still in it um despite the real disadvantage that they were in and the way that they looked somehow was was mostly competitive um greg what do you think yeah i mean i agree with y'all that Jaden delora didn't lose them that game because even if he'd played well they would have lost i think mississippi state was just that much better than them that being said holy fuck he was so bad <laughs> yeah I like looking at the the rushing, and I know college counts sacks as rushes, but it's funny to see uh, in the box score, Jaden Delora, two rushes for negative 25 yards because he just did this weird thing where he'd sprint back 20 yards before like trying to do something, including that wild play <laughs> where he runs back for ages. Two Mississippi State players just barely miss him. He spins around, comes back, and just launches into triple coverage, and it's an interception. <laughs> was just so bad uh yeah i mean i was impressed by arizona's defense in the first half it looked much better than i expected it to look on the other hand the offense looked much worse than i expected it to look so i just don't really know how this game changes how i view arizona i still don't think they're going to a bowl game and i still don't think they're going to get four conference wins but uh i guess the defense was impressive so that's nice yeah uh yeah Jaden delora watching him it wasn't 20 yards it was literally almost 40 to 50 somewhere in that range Uh, escapes gets out like three mississippi state defenders had him he ducked that and spun out you're right and then yeah launched it for a pick that reminded me of like it's like if if Jaden Delora's scrambling ability or uh, not a scrambling ability, his scrambling style reminds me of like Johnny Monziel mixed with like Brendan Lewis's arm talent. Uh, <laughs> sorry, can we go? Can we Monziel? Go I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it Monzel? I don't know how it's to say it. Monziel. Okay, Monziel. I didn't know who you were talking about. Honestly, I was like, Johnny I don't know. I must not be I'm, familiar with that player. I'm certain that's a that's a common ingredient in in like Central American cuisine, <laughs> I believe. <Monziel. laughs> uh, I it's funny because on the broad, the broadcast oh uh, only ever God. refer to him as Johnny Football, and no one talks about Johnny Football like that <laughs> anymore. Call him that. <laughs> no, you all, would you all know if I said Johnny Football? You know what yes. I'm talking about. Yes, okay. everyone would know what you're talking what about. I'm being quite honest. I had no idea who Johnny Monsiel was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know his that man. Is, <laughs> I'm, I'm, Johnny Manziel. 
just want one of my co-hosts to be a college football fan. <laughs> Excuse you. I watch college football. No, you gamble <laughs> on college football. <laughs> is this fair? This is we fair. We watched Portland State, San Jose State. That's right. Week. We did. Who is, oh, oh, yeah. yeah y'all Were you there for him. that? Sickos. No, I heard about it. It was just disgusting. Of course he wasn't there for that. He <laughs> no, I meant Avery. Was she sport. there for that? I wasn't oh. in the Discord, but I was watching the game. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I did. I did tune in. I like they put the link in the Mountain West link, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch this. Yeah, I mean, did any of us of actually time. watch it? To yes. be honest, <laughs> no. Like, could we watch it with how the screen looked? That was yeah. very funny. Was Best brutal. football game I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it tricked me into betting on Auburn against San Jose State. So I guess fuck them. But uh, super fun. Uh, all right. Well, that is uh, that's that. Real quick about Arizona State. How many of y'all who who watched that? Avery didn't watch it. Greg, did you watch it? I watched it. Yeah. Um, Matt, what did you watch it? Which one were you talking Arizona, about? I'm Arizona still State, focused on Arizona, Von Ziel. <laughs> Arizona State, Oklahoma State. Yeah, I watch it. Uh, Greg, what did you think? I thought Arizona State was significantly worse than Oklahoma State. <laughs> like I thought the score flattered them for most of that game. Interesting. I thought Oklahoma okay. State was clearly the better team. Um, also, clearly, uh, their discipline issues have not been fixed. Not even close. Arizona State loves themselves a late hit. Uh, especially in this game, every fucking play it was it was wild. I you know you'd think after like five years they'd have figured you know you're not supposed to do that. We should probably tell the players don't do that. Uh, but no, Arizona State's still doing it. I thought they looked bad. Uh, it's about how I thought they'd look, but also it makes me concerned for my my feelings that they they'd go bowl eligible because I could see them doing this against some teams that they should be better than and losing those games because of it. Matt, what did you think? Uh, they are who we thought they were. Um, it, Oklahoma State is not a good defense, but they are certainly not a bad defense either. Um, and just against that small semblance of competence, Arizona State several times in this game looked lost. Um, I know at the beginning, Carlos, you were tweeting about how Emory Jones was a clear upgrade over uh, Jaden Daniels. Still think that. Don't care. That's fine. That's okay. That does not make Emory Jones good. Um, and so, like, I it, I definitely think that I I am of the opinion that they are same guy, different body. Um, I think I think that Emory Jones is just a little bit bigger. <laughs> so, um, I don't. I I yeah. This is concerning uh, for Arizona State, and I think that this is exactly kind of what you. Is if you are on team Arizona Arizona State, quit watch. I think that this is exactly what you wanted out of the first two weeks. I think they, I think they are officially on quit watch after this game. I wonder how much of the, how much of this result of this game will put them on on full on quit watch. But I will say, I, for two and a half quarters, Arizona State looked fine. Like I, I actually thought Arizona State played better against Oklahoma State than Arizona did against Mississippi State. I thought that they had some really nice moments ex valide i thought looked really good for the first two and a half quarters i thought emory jones was hitting some really great throws and he despite the fact that like maybe he's not like great um he wasn't making horrific egregious decisions a la Jaden delora a la tanner mckee a la uh Jaden daniels from last year um, didn't throw a pick in this game, and I mostly felt like he was not putting himself in a position where he was making stupid plays. So I actually felt, I don't know, like I, I thought Arizona State was more competitive than I think we all thought they were going to be. Now, whether this deflates them, 
is a different story. I think that's entirely possible, but I did not think Arizona State looked completely out of sorts of that game. I actually thought the first half, their discipline issues looked like they got solved. Um, I, I thought they didn't have, I don't think they had a single penalty in the first half. I got to go back and look at some of the splits or the play-by-play or something, but um, the, the second half is where they sort of went off the rails, which might be what happens when you have a lesser team. You know, the second half kind of gets away from them, but you know, I mean, even the score was 17 points. Like that's not, that's not a biblical blowout. Um, that's not the kind of blowout that you would expect for a team that's quitting and garbage and all that other stuff. I mean, yeah, I don't think it was a quit Arizona state team. I think it was just a, uh, a not very good Arizona state team. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I disagree. Although on Emory Jones, I, I didn't think he looked great. Uh, he missed a lot of throws. Uh, I just don't think he was he was that good, and that is concerning because a lot of those were throws that should have been makes, like weren't that well defended, and he just missed the receiver eye wide. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, there's certainly that that does happen. I don't know that he's a he's a great passer, although sometimes I felt like he he looked pretty good. So who knows? I don't know. I think Arizona State's. I will say they're they're. Offensive play calling is better than what it was last season. Um, and I generally think that they are less, I don't know, more abundant than they were. I feel like they're competent. I think they'll, this makes me think Arizona State might be a five, six win team, um, despite, and, and the bottom is not quite going to fall off yet. But if you haven't bought a shirt of your favorite Pac 12 team from Homefield Apparel, what are you doing? Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis. They make shirts of your favorite college teams using vintage designs and aesthetics. The designs are absolutely beautiful, and the shirts themselves are super soft and really, really durable. Uh, They're so great, my wife bought a UCI t-shirt, and she didn't even go there. So if you like your school, you like soft shirts, and you like vintage stuff, Homefield has shirts for Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, USC, Colorado, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, Washington, and Cal. Go check it out. First-time buyers at Homefield get 15% off with code NOTRUCKSTOPS at homefieldapparel.com. Enough of the bad news. Let's let's get on to a couple of Pac-12 teams having some big days. Uh, two Pac-12 teams actually dominated some FCS programs on Saturday. Utah beat the ever-living fuck out of Southern Utah, seventy-three to seven. They got uh, nearly six hundred yards of total offense to Southern Utah's eighty-five. Uh, and in Eugene, Oregon also beat the ever-living ever-living fuck out of its own opponent uh eastern washington 70 to 14 eastern washington did gain 187 yards not a lot still but most of those i think were garbage yards i was watching uh had this game sort of in the corner of my eye and watching the box score eastern washington was hovering under 100 yards for most of this game up until midway through the fourth so the two teams that the pac-12 had lose to to sec teams in week one get a get right game here which team do you feel better about after this week? Uh, just kind of looking at them, do you feel like this FCS beatdown was giving you better signs of life from them? Do you feel like you feel better about Oregon or Utah after after what you just saw? Greg, let's start with you on that one. Uh, I don't think drawing conclusions from FCS games is a good practice. Uh, Coward. I think I would say <laughs> Oregon impressed me a little bit more just because i think the way that utah scored all those points was just the way that utah always does things we saw nothing new from oregon uh from utah but you know i guess bonix had five passing touchdowns so (laughs) that was nice to see for oregon on the whole though i don't think this means anything for either team 
I think that's true. Uh, I would say that Oregon, people were whispering about Eastern Washington beating Oregon. Uh, Just say it straight up. It's UW fans. UW fans were whispering that. I don't think that's true. David Woods, Pac-12 aficionado, did say that Eastern Washington was going to beat Oregon. I think it's dumb to think that Eastern Washington was going to beat Oregon. I'm they calling were you top, out, David Woods. That was a dumb take. <laughs> it was very dumb. They were, yeah. they were a top, aren't they a top 10 FCS Don't team? Don't care. Okay, but either way, <laughs> either way, like forget, like even, e- even, even with all of that, I'm just going to say that them beating the shit out of Eastern Washington the way they did, at least somewhat promising, right? Like uh, it's, they're not dead in the water. I don't think that they're going to be like, I, I'm adjusting my expectation after what they look like against Georgia. I was like, maybe this team is like a six and six team. If, if like they got beat down that bad, but now I'm just like, okay, maybe they're going to be like, an, they, I feel better about them possibly being a nine win team. The fact that they were able to put together a game that impressive. I feel like their talent could show out enough. I'm not drawing like huge conclusions, but I want to say that this was not like a horrific game. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that this team is, is uh, I feel a little bit differently. I feel better about them. I personally, I feel the same way I felt after the Georgia game where I can't draw massive conclusions because one of these is either the best team in the country or pretty close to it. And then one of these is an FCS opponent. I don't think we're going to learn that much until they play BYU next week. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to tell us a lot. What about like, you, I'm Matthew? Gl- I'm glad they didn't struggle with Eastern Washington. <laughs> yeah that would have been embarrassing but like yes beating them by this much just tells me that they have a lot of talent and they're a power five team yeah what about you matthew was any thoughts about oregon you're just like that's eh, an fcs team who cares um sure we'll call it that i don't <laughs> it, it's not that i don't care as much as just like yeah cool like box ticked i thought they'd get killed by georgia and i thought they'd kill their fcs team awesome we we still don't know anything about this team you know yeah um i i think that georgia is that good and i think that fcs teams should be should get their ass kicked by top 10 talent composite teams so i they just don't I, though they don't always they don't always we've seen yeah, that time and time again sure i mean okay just because there's murders doesn't mean you get credit for not murdering like that's <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's how exactly. that works there like i mm-hmm. it, it's great I, i'm not and this is definitely to say that like i don't have i'm not sitting here saying that oregon is a bad team and that because of the way that georgia kicked their ass like that that talent disparity is that big and is definitely earned um that being said though too i like i'm more definitely more looking at utah in this oh way oh my god shut up fucking let ass me eater. speak i knew you were gonna do this ass eating let go me ahead fucking talk <laughs> Uh, SP Plus has Utah as a uh, the number eight ranked offense in the nation. Oh my uh, USC God. is number sixteen. All models are correct and true and always have been. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. No, no, no. We're the not numbers doing have this spoken. Shit. The oh numbers have spoken. Why numbers do you hate facts, Carlos? Why do you hate so, facts and numbers? Yeah. Um, so this is pretty. Like, I just I think that everybody should be really afraid of Utah. Is really my point. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit about these games. I didn't even watch. I didn't watch either one. I didn't spend a single second watching either one. I went apple picking with my family. <laughs> Please watch teams, including your own, Matthew. Robertson. No. <laughs> Use your week twos and threes wisely, kids. Greg, Greg, did you feel better about Utah? Do you have any different, real quick, any different ideas about Utah to this game? I mean, I went to the Utah game, uh, and so I watched all of that. Um, 
Cam Rising was bad in the first quarter, uh, which was annoying. He just ignored the existence of targets outside the hash marks. However, in the second quarter, I thought he was really good. And uh, the backups were fantastic in the second half for Utah. Jalen Glover looked great. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to be the fourth running back for Utah this year, that doesn't even matter. And so I don't think there are any conclusions to be drawn from this game. Here's here's the conclusion I draw, which is something I already knew. But Kyle Whittingham is the pettiest bitch in this conference. <laughs> I knew from the second that SUU attempted an onside kick to start off the game. I knew from the second, I was like, oh, we're going to run this score up. Let's fucking go. Because Kyle, if you if you piss off Kyle Whittingham, he throws respect out the window. He's like, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck your ass. Fuck your FCS team. I don't give a shit. I'm going to score more points than I this team has since the 70s. Here's the and thing. it was I don't think, incredible. I don't think he was trying to run up the score. Like, they were just running the ball at the end. The problem was that Jaquindon Jackson had a 40-yard run followed by another 40-yard run from Jalen Glover. Like If he wasn't trying to run up the score, they would have simply stopped playing football after 35 points. <laughs> they did stop playing football in the second half, though, because they got to 45 in the first half because SUU was so bad. And then they just started running the ball, except for one Bryson Barnes I touchdown pass. You, I promise you, if Kyle Whittingham did not want to score, he would have not scored. <laughs> I don't think he was opposed to scoring, but I really think, like, against Weber State, if Weber State had done the same thing, it would have been, like, a 50-12 to 12 game. I just think SUU was that bad. Yeah, SUU was bad. Uh, anyway, so I'm glad that we didn't draw many conclusions about Utah. I feel like uh, I will say uh, this was this has uh, been brought up a number of times. David was brought it up. A bunch of other Pac-12 watchers were bringing it up. Florida lost to Kentucky. Uh, uh, Kentucky sure is a top ten team right now. So <laughs> don't I'm just act saying like that means shit. Good. The one Kentucky thing is good. I, okay, Kentucky is probably good, but they went Not probably. To the, they're they're good. Uh, they went to the swamp. Beat Florida and Anthony Richardson looked like ass. Apparently, again, mm-hmm. this yeah. is this is uh, what I was telling y'all. Like, I feel like these like new SEC quarterbacks can do this. Very Bo Nixy. Uh, okay, do not compare these two quarterbacks. Bo Nix has never reached the heights that Anthony Richardson can but reach. But he certainly yeah, he reached has. the lows of what Anthony Richardson yes. has I done. Don't That's like, true. I don't like that you're throwing me into the same group as Greg and Matt here when I was probably the lowest on That's Utah true. out of all of us. 100%. Um, I feel exactly the That's same true. about Utah as I did preseason, after the Florida game, and after now. I think they're just probably one of the better teams in the conference because the conference is mid, not because they're elite. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, any other thoughts about Utah and or Oregon? Not really. All right, well, let's talk about the two teams. <laughs> I called this segment the Sickos Watch. <laughs> let's talk about the two teams we played in probably the dumbest games of the slate. Uh, Cal barely beat UNLV 20-14. to 14, A disgusting and boring and ugly game. Cal did play UNLV, outplay UNLV somewhat handily, but like the score uh unlv was in this game i don't i don't really care uh unlv had many opportunities to win this game and then on the other side colorado looks fucking terrible uh they lost 41 to 10 frankly that was not as close as the score indicates colorado gained only 162 yards and again it must be said that is way higher than it actually looked. Uh, just real quick, the opening, we all thought Colorado was looking like already the worst team in Pac-12 history. They open this game, play one, 
was a JT Shroud. JT Shroud actually started this game. Play one, JT Shroud sacked. Play two, JT Shroud hit, fumbled, uh, Air Force recovers. Play three, Air Force, like 30-yard touchdown. That's how, uh, <laughs> that's how funny this game started. Um, I, I don't know why we talk about these teams together or why I put these two teams together. Probably because they're both just uh, horrible, disgusting, ugly games to watch because Colorado is just so much worse than Cal. Cal might blow out Colorado by 50. Um, but who do you think is the uh, most sickosiest team in the Pac-12, Colorado or Cal? Matt? Yeah, I want a personal handwritten apology note from every single Cal fan that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I talked about pick a Cal game. That's going to be your sickos game of the year. <laughs> and everybody said I was full of shit. Carlos, I want one from you too. Like <laughs> I Cal is like incredibly sicko shit. Colorado's mm-hmm. just bad. Like they're so bad. Cal like purposefully is trying to create the scenario. They they are a curated mess. Yeah. That it this is intentional. Specifically because they keep it at a score where like you, they are forcing you to watch it. Like I can't believe That's disgusting. I actually had to watch this game. Yeah. At least with Colorado you got to turn it off after Air Force got up big. You're like, "All right, this game's over." Cal, yeah. fucking ass. Like I got to see some cool like triple option shit. Got to see what what the option can look like when it works and like kicks the shit out of a good team. <laughs> like it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I um think that this is not even a question. Obviously the answer is Cal. I enjoy watching Colorado games. They're they're very fun to watch because uh I always am betting against Colorado, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but Cal is is bad, and they're bad in a way that is not fun to watch, and I hate it. And that's why I have not watched any min- like zero minutes of Cal this year. And I'm hoping that I can continue to not watch Cal, except they're playing <laughs> Notre Dame next week, so I have to. Uh, it's a shame. It it does make me feel good uh, about saying they'd be bad this year because uh, I was right; they're bad, and uh, Carlos was wrong, and that's always they're good. two and zero, Greg. I don't know if you know that. We're you talking about them as if they lost. You think they're going to be 10 and 2, Carlos? No, I never said they were going to win yes, 10 and 2. Yes, you did. You did. I have the screenshots. As a joke, after the guy like snapped the long snapper, punt, snapped a football into a ball, a, a bottle cap or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a real take, except you all are treating it like it is. I'm, I'm genuinely starting to think that this podcast is an echo chamber with um, us agreeing that Cal is the sickoist. Um, it's true. But I feel like people are automatically going to say Colorado just because they're so bad. And I need to reiterate that like you can be bad enough that it's enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where Colorado's at. And Colorado's with Cal, at that sweet spot. And Cal, like just what Greg said, I haven't watched a second of Cal football. I don't know if I will watch a second of Cal football. Oh, I, I have hope you no know. desire to. And I watch every other Pac-12 game. I hope you live your life with that joy in your heart. Like that, I, I hope you were able to do that. Truly, uh, it would be very funny if Cal was like just good enough to go like eight and three or something and have a big game at the end, and we were all forced to watch them because it had actual implications. No. Oh, that would hurt <laughs> so bad. I frequently forget that Cal exists. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> I forgot that we hadn't already talked about them. Here's what's been going on: <laughs> Carlos and David Woods have been trying to talk up Cal as hedging for when Cal undoubtedly beats UCLA. So, ah. like, this is just complete 
Like him trying to sit here, Cal getting talked up as anything other than just a disgusting three and nine, four and eight team is all just out of the fact that they're trying to make it so that UCLA losing to them isn't that big of a deal. And here I was thinking they were in Justin Wilcox's pocket with John Wilner. <laughs> no, they're in Chip <laughs> Kelly's pocket. Uh, yeah, who knew? Uh, I You all made me realize I did not put UCLA in the show notes. So we had to talk about them for like five don't seconds. No, we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wa- I, I'm gonna be oh, honest. Wait. I didn't watch that game either. I don't know what happened. I know they didn't cover. Um, they won 45 to seven. Carlos <laughs> doing HBCU erasure. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> hmm. Carlos. Uh, this Can game. Can you edit I, out me saying "don't care"? By the way, about it. <laughs> Can, you Can you edit that out? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I gotta say, uh, UCLA, Alabama State, and UNLV Cal competed for that game. Happened. I forgot that that happened. Uh, yeah, UCLA did beat Alabama State 45-7. to uh, Alabama State got a lot going on the ground. They had 310 yards, which is more than I thought I was expecting. Uh, UCLA had 485 yards themselves. Uh, DTR, this is probably important for later on. Don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, he got hurt, maybe. I think he got hurt, and then uh, they they put in ethan garber's dtr never came back i think a lot of that had to do with like precaution um i I wonder how much of it was just being extra careful about dtr's health but he had to come out ethan garber's came in looked okay the entire ucla team mostly looked okay except defensively i thought they had some uh some some real issues alabama state was moving the ball on them especially early on um and it was not it was not um promising at all that said they beat out uh beat the shit out of another bad team they get another team next week that maybe is not as bad as people are thinking. South Alabama is 2-0. and They beat Central Michigan. They beat Nicole State. Are whatever. people thinking about South Alabama? Eh, no one's thinking about South Alabama. I'm looking at them. <laughs> I'm thinking about them because they're on the schedule next. Uh, so, again, here's the thing about UCLA. Uh, we don't have to talk about them. I barely watched this game myself. Um, they don't look great. But they have beaten the shit out of bad teams. Um, they we will really not get to learn about what UCLA is until week five, September thirtieth. They host South Alabama, probably a big win. If they lose that, we'll learn. And then they go to Colorado and they will beat the shit out of Colorado because everyone's beating the shit out of Colorado. Um, so we won't really learn about them until September thirtieth when they play Friday night against Washington. So we'll. We, we'll see with UCLA. They're going to be in the back of our minds. They'll enter that game against Washington, uh, what, 4-0. and We're going to have all of this, you know, is UCLA going to be uh, competitive? What, what, what record will Washington be? We'll see. Maybe that's an interesting game. Don't know, but we don't have to talk about UCLA because they they've, they've, these are, they've had now two for two straight weeks the most irrelevant beatdowns of bad teams in the Pac-12. Nothing particularly impressive. Some concerning stuff, but like nothing that's like, oh fuck, is UCLA going to go like oh and nine in conference? Uh, right now, they're just kind of hanging in the middle of our consciousness. Anyone want to say anything else about UCLA? Uh, just listening, listen to the the gambling preview because uh, me and Matt saw this line at fifty and a half. We knew there's no way they cover that, and so you know if you if you listen there, you can, you can get in on that. Although it's it's not gambling advice uh, legally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it also would have been very, ra- honestly, racist to cover a 50 and a half point line. It would have been, it would have been a hate crime. Uh, so good on, good on Jesus UCLA for not doing that. Uh, okay. All right. So that's, uh, 
Oh, I think that's all of our games. We should have brought that up. I mean, hey. Chip Kelly. I might have might have taken that bet. He's oh, already got, that's a, good got point. a history. Does have a history. Um, okay. Last segment uh, about this week really quick. MVPs for the week. Who do you want to give out your MVP to? This could be, again, a coach. It could be a player. But is there a player that stuck out to you as your MVP? Greg? I feel like there are a lot of ways you could go. But I am going to go with uh, Jaden Delora because he <laughs> made my week really fun. Uh, it was really funny to watch him. Like, in terms of entertainment value, he was just the highest there. I feel like... In terms of good things that happened, there are a few places you could go, but none of them, I think, were as spectacular as how bad Jaden Delora was. So he he's my MVP. Okay, do you have a serious one also? Uh, Chance Nolan. It was really <laughs> impressive how he had that game-winning drive uh, for Oregon State. Thought it was done when Jay Kaner did that to them, and he just pushed the ball right down the field. Chance Nolan for me, by far. Yeah, we should have a most entertaining player also. A most entertaining thing about the Pac-12. Because uh, for me, it's Jaden Delora or Colorado's offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, my MVP, this is tough. Uh, God, it's hard because I don't think any any teams except uh, Chance Nolan had any standout stuff. I almost think you've got to give it... Uh, I think you've got to give it to Jordan Addison. Uh, nah. I don't think... I think he had seven receptions, 172 yards... <laughs> two touchdowns uh average 24.6 yards per reception it's pretty good yeah <laughs> i almost wanted to give it a, to caleb williams but like i feel like jordan addison was the much louder player in that game so uh i'm gonna give it to jordan addison but chance nolan's a, a pretty good one uh matthew Ritson, who's your who's your mvp this week i'm going on the opposite side of that same game uh ej smith single-handedly mm. keeping stanford in the game kind of sort of uh he honestly looked really impressive and that was fun to watch. And especially as uh, Tanner Mickey was playing so poorly, uh, Stanford had something that it could possibly rely on. Um, otherwise, Jake Hayner and Chance Nolan, Nolan for absolutely saving what was a pretty boring day of college football. I don't think anything else happened across the slate. And so um, those two coming together to, uh, to give us a show was nice. Avery, what about you? MVPs, coaches, players? I am giving my MVP this week to Wazoo's defense. Mm -hmm. You know what? Young men, you guys played with a lot of heart, and if you keep that up, you might win more games. I also feel like <laughs> the way that Wazoo's defense played is like earns a Yogi Roth segment talking about how they all could have NFL futures when like that's absolutely not true at all. <laughs> but they just play love, with a lot of heart and I love the thought that that segment has to be earned. I, I love that that word. <laughs> Yogi's they love is unconditional. Yeah, that's true. But they're going to get like he's going to walk through their entire defense and I feel like there was so many times that guys had to get subbed out for injuries. There was like 20 different guys that played on that defense that game and and they all did way better than anyone expected them to yeah um i i also think uh just just other players that i that came to mind Jalen mcmillan for washington the receiver he had 127 yards he looked really good against portland state um so that that wasn't a a, a bad one I, hey the best quarterback performance if you look at it in a vacuum was bo Nix, so maybe he gets a shout out five touchdowns no picks i mean that's a pretty good no picks for bo Nix. uh he you know he he had a nice bounce back game but you know i i get it i don't think he's very high on any of our mvp list hey he does it against byu he he might uh we might have yeah, to start uh, having a I conversation i don't want to watch that game i don't want to watch it <laughs> 
Um, okay. Any other players that you want to shout out? Coaches, even? Okay. All right. Uh, well, then, let's finish this off and make some of our game predictions. Uh, one thing we have forgotten again, and this, <laughs> this is your fault, uh, Bill's betting bonanza. <laughs> I was going to do that. If you, you give said me a we were second, Greg, before the fan picks. It's All on right? the... Look at the... Look at the, look at the show notes, show Greg. Notes. <laughs> nah. Whatever. We're doing it now. I said so. <laughs> no, uh, we're not. I'm cutting sh- it. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's make do some predictions we started something <laughs> new called bill's betting bonanza and we told people who participated uh that we'd shout out the winners every week greg if you're patient uh you're running this thing why don't you tell the people what bill's betting bonanza is and who deserves a shout out he's running it and you wouldn't even let him do it my god i deserve a shout out because I won, uh, <laughs> along with uh, along with KG from the Patreon. What a legend! Me and him both had eight of eleven correct picks. Uh, Carlos had six of eleven picks, just so barely I. above five hundred. He is still coin flip Carlos, so get fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I had six out of eleven too. Hey, Bucko, who's leading overall? Who's leading Me over and the you two are weeks? tied for the overall lead. Yeah, that's fucking right. Stream yeah, no truck stops. This is, yeah, exactly. That's why you should listen to the gambling episode. Uh, but the important thing is that Carlos is still coin flip Carlos. Uh, get fucked. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, how does this bill... Okay, so explain to the audience what Bill's betting dance is. You have to pick... Tell us how, the, how it works. What do they have to pick? Okay, so uh, Bill's betting bonanza is a Google form where you have a choice to pick one thing to bet on from each game of the back 12 slate so like for the southern utah utah game you can pick the over 58 and a half or the under 58 and a half suu plus 45 or utah minus 45 and it's that for every game and you know we have a excel sheet that will show us who had the best answers or the most right answers i should say and then we'll shout out the winners okay great was that so hard to wait for? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, game predictions for real this time. Uh, we have a new point system because we all got mad about uh, uh, no, Greg and Matt no, picking underdogs. We did so not Matt, all get mad. Matt Matt, ex- Matt picks underdogs and is Greg good is at the it. one that doesn't pick underdogs. Don't throw uh, Matt's name in there. <laughs> Go ahead and explain this new point system we have for ranking ourselves. Yeah. Carlos and Avery are bad at picking games, so they're trying to figure out a way to like, actually win this thing because mm-hmm. they're just they're desperate for any sort of advantage. Um, <laughs> frankly, because I think they hate white males, I think that's what's I going think on. That is the answer um, here. Yeah, that's that's so, what I got from this. Also, uh, so in that spirit, we are trying out a point system. I don't know if it's going to work, and it will almost certainly need adjustments. Um, but they want additional points for picking an underdog of certain degrees. So I still, as I built out this point system, I still want like picking the right game to be the most value. So, um, if it is less than a two and a half point underdog, that's not an actual underdog. You still just get one point and you get a one point for like picking a favorite. It's still one point. Um, if the team is an underdog of three to five and a half points, you get two points. Underdog six to nine and a half points, you get three points. If it's an underdog of 10 points or more and you pick them winning correctly, you get five points. If we so had I this will... last year, I would have won. And that was kind of my point is I was like, I will give you a lot of credit 
for picking the bad vibes and being a witch. That's fine. <laughs> it is, yes, James, it is very similar to Superdog from Game Day, but I don't know how they do their points, and I made this up on my own because I am smarter than them, pretty clearly. Um, and also, I haven't watched Game Day in like five years. Yeah. So, except um, not the Bill Walton episode. Obviously, I watched the Bill Walton episode. Okay, that good. wasn't game. That wasn't game day, though. Like <laughs> that was can, Bill. <laughs> yeah, and like I did. Did I mute it during the non-Bill sections? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I did. Um, so that's what we got going on. I still have not gone through the last two weeks and like built out how many points everybody has. It's probably me. I probably have the most points. I wouldn't be <laughs> well, surprised. We've all picked basically the same. Greg, so, shut up! I'm explaining things. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. Okay, what's your question? <laughs> so, a picking an underdog of 10 or more points is worth five times more than picking a favorite that wins. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Okay. Greg, Greg is, is reeling right now. <laughs> and, uh, and what's hard about, so like these points are going to be inflated during the non-conference. Like I think yes. that that is reasonable because, but like my idea with five points is that if you pick all six games in the Pac-12 correctly or all five games in the Pac-12 correctly, that should still be worth more points than getting them all wrong, but getting the one right where like the team was going to get the, was a 10 point underdog. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We may need to change it and like you, adjust I for mean, non-con versus conference play. If you picked the underdog every game and you only got one of them right, I feel like there's never going to be that many huge underdogs that it works out in your favor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. probably true. All right. Well, let's get to actually picking the games and try this out. Uh, Saturday, South Alabama travels to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA at 11 a.m. Pacific. We don't have lines out. Well, this is... Do we have a line for this game? I don't think we do. Looks um, like we do. Checking. Uh, they had posted some of them at the beginning of the... UCLA minus 11 is what the ESPN app is telling UCLA me. UCLA minus 11. This is the closest yep. uh, spread that they've had so far this year. Greg, uh, I guess I'll ask, will UCLA win and will they cover? Yes, to both. Uh, South Alabama might be better than the teams they've played so far, but UCLA should still win this. You know, they are a P5 team. South Alabama is not. I would be surprised if it's close. Okay. Uh, I I don't know anything about South Alabama other than they beat Central Michigan, who, like, took... I was seeing it go around Twitter that uh, Central Michigan gave Oklahoma State a game and South Alabama beat the shit out of Central Michigan. I, I don't know. I would say UCLA is going to win, but I don't think they'll cover um, because UCLA is probably very bad against the spread generally. Uh, Matt, what about you? Who wins, who covers? Uh, UCLA wins... Only an eleven a point line though is kind of making me feel a little bit weird. So I I know that's the, it's, if it was a little bigger, I'd honestly feel better about taking UCLA. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, UCLA wins and covers eleven doesn't feel like very much. Avery, I agree. UCLA will win and cover. Great. Eleven thirty a.m. Pacific. Cal traveling to Indiana to take on Notre Dame, who apparently lost to Marshall yesterday. Uh, Notre Dame fourteen and a half point home favorite. Matt, who wins? Who covers? Haters will say that this should be the sickos game of the week. It is not. Um, really? No. I'm picking Cal. Wow. Okay. To win. I think Notre Dame might be ass, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very upset 
that Matt has done this because I'm also picking Cal. Let's go. No way. Let's go. Okay, that's I hilarious. Don't. So, okay, okay. I let's thought talk we were going to break more. the group think, but no. <laughs> I don't. So, Notre Dame just lost to Marshall. They mm-hmm. kept it close against Ohio State, but only scored 10 points. And I think Cal's defense is good. Uh huh. Like, I think that this thing is going to be in the mud and will be a one score game no matter what happens. And so I'm just like, let's exactly. see what happens. Exactly. Let's, I think I think Cal's got a shot at this. Mm-hmm. And take the Cal money line. But <laughs> God yeah. damn it. Carlos is going to take Cal too, isn't he? Hey, Don't every- do it. I'm upset as well. Um, <laughs> no way. No. no. I was going to take Cal. No way. <laughs> now I don't want to. Now no, I don't do want it. to. Do it. Listen, listen. Do it. Now I don't want to because I don't want to do the group th- thing thing. But no, also, do it, if Cal gonna wins, be... I'm going to be so behind in the points. I'm telling you right now, I'm picking Notre Dame. So go ahead and pick Cal. I'm picking okay, Notre Dame. Okay, I'll pick Cal you... too. Okay. Oh, I think you're all... you, you spent oh, like three this. weeks telling me Cal was going to be the one of the worst fucking teams in the Pac-12, and you're telling me that they're going to win on the road at a Notre, Notre Dame, Dame team? Ass. Notre Pac-12 Dame is ass. Pac-12 is good. The Pac-12 you told me Cal is ass. Notre Dame has more talented ass. Power five conference over independence all day. Carlos every day. is siding with the Catholic Jesus schools. Carlos loves Catholics. Carlos loves Catholicism. Yeah. No, give me Notre Dame. Give me Notre This is my chance. Finally, I'll have a chance to. Yeah, you'll have a chance to be ahead by one point, Carlos. What kind of church did you get married in again? What What kind of church was it? Uh, it was a Catholic church, but I'm not yeah, Catholic, no, okay. so I just I'm just I there. What did I promise? I, I don't know. I see. I see what's going on here. Part of the vows were that he would never pick against Notre Dame. Uh, people are people are throwing tomatoes at Carlos in the chat. <laughs> uh, okay, so damn, wow. I really oh. thought I was gonna be the only one to pick. Yeah, so I did I. Was pretty unique and special. Oh my uh, <laughs> goodness, the graphic for this is gonna look fucking insane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have been looked way funnier if we all picked Cal. <laughs> I'm glad you well, didn't though, because if we all picked Cal and Cal lost, and everyone would just be like, "Group think, group think." If we all picked Cal, I would have changed my pick to Notre Dame, honestly. <laughs> but I'm happy I get to pick Cal, even if they'll uh, probably lose. This is wonderful. <laughs> all right, next game. Oregon finishes up their non-conference slate with a ranked BYU team in Eugene at 12:30 p.m. Pacific. Oregon is only a five and a half point home favorite. Avery, who wins? Oh, who covers? Hold on, before we move forward with that, let me tell you something. That was when we were about 20 minutes into this show. It has already been bet down to three points. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. Because BYU is ranked. BYU is ranked 12 right now. I think. Yeah. Um, I told myself I would never pick BYU. Um, I do think that Oregon should win this game, but like, I'm not confident in Bonex, but you know what? I will stick to my morals here and pick Oregon to win and cover. Too much quick money on BYU for me. I, I, I was also kind of leaning on the BYU side on this at the beginning, it getting bet down and that hard that fast. Give me Oregon. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Oregon. Uh, I think Oregon is more talented than BYU is. BYU is just like barely, this is what they, they barely hang on to teams that they're, uh, less talented than, despite the fact that they might be a better team overall. Oregon's pissed off. Uh, I think they have something to prove. I like a pissed off, talented team at home against BYU. So yeah, give me Oregon over the homophobes. Greg? I am also going to take Oregon. Um, I'll be, I'll be watching the Colorado Minnesota game during this time slot, <laughs> but uh, no. 
<laughs> but, Play the uh, bumper. Just do give it me now. Oregon. <laughs> Alright, we're all in agreement there. Owen to <laughs> Oregon. Uh, sorry, Owen to Colorado heads to some random town in Minnesota. Uh, they play the Gophers at 12:30 p.m. Pacific. Minnesota is a 27 and a half point favorite. This is our Sickos game of the week, apparently per Matt. Oh! Ew! Dude! What the fuck? <laughs> Greg, who wins? Who covers? Minnesota will win, obviously. 27 and a half is a big number, and cowards will take Colorado. I am not a coward. Uh, Minnesota will cover. <laughs> Avery? <laughs> I am a coward, and I think the Colorado will cover... <laughs> But Minnesota will win. Handedly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't Minnesota, like, they're a Big Ten team, right? So do they do they put up a lot of points? Probably not. Uh, I, uh, they don't need to put up a lot of points. They just need to put up 30 <laughs> points because Colorado won't it's score. A Big Ten. I think if, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick, uh, here's the thing. I'm going to pick Colorado to cover, but I don't think they score any points. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cursed. Yeah, hey, yeah Minnesota, so scored, Minnesota scored 62 last week and 38 oh, the week before. Ooh, fuck. Wait. I it was know against that. Western Illinois and New Mexico State, but still. SP Plus has this as a 34 point spread. Holy shit. Okay, you know what? I'm changing my mind um, now that I heard that they're not a typical Big Ten team because I do not watch those games. And I think that, that Minnesota will cover. Okay. All right, uh, Matt, you are you cowarding out? I'm gonna pick uh, Minnesota to, to not cover. No, I am also not a coward. Are you kidding me? Minnesota by a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well, we I, all I picked Minnesota. Watch every second, I love Colorado so much. Yeah. So funny, <laughs> so funny. Uh, after an impressive, impressive victory over a ranked Wisconsin team, Washington State hosts now Colorado State. Wazoo, a 17 point favorite. Matt, who wins? Who covers? So Colorado State definitely covers. Oh, I want to pick them so bad. Um, I'll pick Washington State, but yeah, they're not covering 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colorado State has been horrendous so far. And so I think Washington State will win. However, I don't think Washington State is capable of covering a 17 point spread. So I think Colorado State will cover. For context, Colorado State, that program has been touched by the Urban Meyer tree. And yeah, it is it's so ruined bad. them. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm picking I'm picking Washington State to cover. Um, I don't know how bad Colorado State is. Maybe picking Washington State to cover a 17 point favorite after they struggled mightily with an Idaho team. Bad bad idea, but I don't know. Avery, who wins? Who covers? I don't think that Jake Dicker wants wants to score a lot. I think he just wants to do the bare minimum offensive wise, which is totally fine as long as you win the game. So I think Wazoo's going to win the game, but I do not think they're going to cover 17 point spread. Makes sense. Uh, 4.30 p.m. Pacific in what I think will be the biggest game of the week for the Pac-12. Washington is hosting number 11, Michigan State. Michigan State is a three and a half point favorite on the road. Greg, who wins? Who covers? So, uh, what was the line again? I just Three and, and a half points for Michigan three State. Three and a half. Yeah, that I wish it was bigger, but... Um, I'll take uh, Washington to win and wow. cover. Wow. Because, well, I guess obviously if they win, they cover. But um, FanDuel moved it to a pick em. Yeah, wow. I mean, here's the thing. I think this is a great matchup for Washington because yes. Minnesota, Minnesota, 
Michigan State's pass defense has been atrocious. Uh, Last year, it was one of the worst in the country in terms of yards per game, which is obviously not a great stat. But in terms of yards per game, I think it was the worst in the conference in the country. Uh, So, yeah, I'll take I'll take Washington to win and cover. I don't feel super confident in it because that would require, you know, Washington's defense to play well. But I think their offense is going to score a lot. So I'll take them. I don't know if we're doing groupthink here, but give me Washington. I think Washington, they might be good. This is a great test for them. They've uh-huh. looked awesome offensively. Michigan State probably will have a good defense, although maybe the pass defense is a, is a real weakness for them. But it's at home. Uh, I feel like Pac-12 teams typically do pretty well against the Big 12 or the Big 10 in at-home games. Give me give me the Huskies. Woof. Woof. Avery. <laughs> um. Yeah, groupthink. I'm picking nah. Washington. I will say that <laughs> I believe that uh, Michigan State's ranking is inflated and should not be that high. And Frauds. so I'm telling Washington fans right now, if you win this game, you're not fucking special. It's not. <laughs> you're not great. Even when you pick them, you can't be nice to them. No, they're fucking well, annoying. Exactly. Mich- they're Michigan so State are frauds. Michigan like, State are frauds. I didn't realize how how good I had it last year with Washington being bad. Like my life was so nice and sweet. I thought Oregon <laughs> fans were terrible and like they are, but like God, Washington fans are annoying after beating fucking Kent state. I'm tired. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Michigan state's very good. So Washington's going to win. My goodness. Washington down the line. I'm getting in trouble Wait. here. What uh, Matt? Matt. Oh, did Matt not go? Okay. I forgot. Sorry, Matt. I'm picking Sparty. Ah, no. <laughs> uh, you might be able to swear. I think Michigan swerve. State's defense is not great, but I think is so much better than what Washington has faced. True. And Michigan State, they only give up 13 to Western Michigan, and they shut out Akron. So I don't think that Washington's going to come in here and score 50. So I think that Michigan State can definitely keep them um, – can can get this thing into the mud at worst and i think it'll be close and i just i trust michigan state more than i do washington right now matt is not interested in the penix experience that's true yeah i'm pretty anti-penix if i'm on if i'm honest <laughs> <laughs> penix is gonna be so good i think uh against michigan state uh okay Next game, Oregon State hosting Montana State at 5 p.m. Pacific. No line on this one, but finally, Oregon State might get a breather here. Avery, who wins? Oh, I'm so happy for Oregon State that they just get to like hang out at home and do their thing. Um, they're definitely going to win. Okay, Matt, any doubt? Uh, no, no doubt that they will win. I'm so glad that there's no line on this, so I don't have to say that they won't cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel the uh, same way Matt does. Good. Uh, I also have Oregon State. Obvious one here. Um, okay. After a week of beating the shit out of their FCS opponent, Utah gets uh, maybe a team with a little bit of a pulse. Maybe, although they didn't look good this week. Uh, Utah getting San Diego State at home. They play at 7 p.m. Pacific. Utah's a 19 and a half point favorite. Uh, remember, Utah lost this game last year. Matt, who wins, who covers? Utah and they cover. Give give that all to me. <laughs> Uh, I have Utah winning. I don't think they'll cover. I don't think that will be a, a bad sign, but I I don't know. I mean, it's early in the season. It's a non-conference. Utah's feeling probably pretty good about themselves after beating the shit out of their FCS team. So I'm going to I'm gonna say Utah wins, but um, I don't think they cover. And I don't think that's a reflection of, of who they'll be. Greg? I think San Diego State is really bad. Um, and I think Utah will want vengeance for last year. 
Uh, I think Utah's going to win by like at least three touchdowns. So give me Utah to win and cover. I don't want to say San Diego State is bad because I don't want to take that away from Arizona. Arizona deserves all the credit in the world, but San Diego State is bad. They've lost a lot since last year, and this is at Utah. And Utah's doing their whole, like, oh, we're underdogs because no one thinks we're good because we lost to Florida bullshit that they love to do. So Utah's going to win, and they're going to cover. If San Diego State scores more than 10 points, I have genuine concern about Utah's defense. Yeah. Like, actual concern. We'll see. Uh, Pac-12's offensive leader, USC, they host Fresno State at 7. Shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Also, didn't you write these show notes? No, I didn't, actually. Oh, I see. I just called out. (laughs) Host Fresno State at 7.30 Pacific. USC, a 15 and a half point favorite. Greg, who wins, who covers? <sighs> I mean, I, I want to I wanna take Fresno to cover so bad. I think USC will win just because I don't think Fresno will get any stops, which is sad because I would love to take Jake Hayner in this spot. It would be awesome. It would be hilarious. Uh, but I'm going to take USC to win, but Fresno will score enough to cover. Let's go. <laughs> Avery? I am completely on board with the idea that USC is going to be like a top four team by the time they play Utah. Um, and so that means they're going to win this game and they're going to cover. Matthew Hubertson. Let's go, Tedford. Let's see what you got. <laughs> they get you now. No. <laughs> you're great. You're dumb. I don't know. I think Matt it makes is, sense. It's Aider and Tedford. Riding I don't think with it my Pac 12 estranged prince, my prince of a man. I don't think that. Lincoln Riley is going to fall to the vibes in a non-conference game. I just do not feel that. That's right. Oh, we got to figure out when's the last time. Uh, I'll look this up when we go to the next game and y'all pick, but I don't know when the last time Fresno State beat USC. I'm not sure if they've ever done it. (sighs) Jake Hayner is a fucking X factor. Uh, Fresno State beat UCLA last year. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He said Uh, USC though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am picking... Fresno State and Oregon State are the same team in my head. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I am picking USC. I'm going to pick them to cover. This might be, I can't tell if this is going to be the game that makes USC like, ooh, they've got some shit to figure out still. Or if this is going to be the kind of game where we're like, oh, fuck, USC is is just really beating the shit out of everyone, aren't they? Uh, I'm going to pick USC. I think they win this game and I think they cover. Hammer the over. Uh, Yes. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) Jake Hayner against that defense. The real test for that defense, finally. Um, Okay. Devastating loss to Mississippi State that Arizona is coming off of. Uh, They're going to host FCS Powerhouse North Dakota State. (laughs) Uh, Why? Again, it must be said every time this comes up. Why the fuck did Arizona do this? Stupid, stupid, stupid. Why? (laughs) 8 p.m. Pacific. Do we have a line for this game? Do any of the gambling degenerates no know? Line. No, no, there is no line. line. Not even WinBet has a line. Uh, everybody <laughs> is afraid. I feel like North Dakota State should be favored, right? I don't know. Oh. I, I think Arizona State will be like Arizona five point favorites. I mean Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay, Avery. <laughs> Avery, uh, who wins? And give me a margin. Oh, fuck. I think Arizona's going to win. I mean, I don't know if I think that, but I'm going to push that agenda um, strongly. Arizona will win, and they will win by uh, probably like three. It's going to be a close game. I don't I don't see Ar- Jane Delora. I don't know, but maybe he'll have a good game. Fuck. Yeah, I'm going to so just confusing. say three. 
Yeah, I'm I, confused. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not sure that Jaden Dolores ever had two bad games in a row or two good games in a row. Damn right. Um, <laughs> I think he goes off here. Uh, I think we're getting a Jaden Delora game against North Dakota State. Uh, I don't know who Arizona plays the next game, but I feel like that's going to be the bad Jaden Delora game. It's going to make all the sense in the world. Um, so I'm going to pick Arizona to win, and I think they're going to win by like 10. Arizona plays Cal in week four. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> this, this league, this league. Okay. <laughs> Matt, who wins and by how much? Yeah, Arizona wins. And I think that the narrative out of this is that like, oh, FCS is wide open. North Dakota State isn't good. But I think Arizona is going to make them look bad. Oh, I hope oh, so. Oh, would be scary. Yeah, here's the thing. I, I hate that we're all picking Arizona in a game against North Dakota State, but I do think that Arizona is a better fit to beat North Dakota State than the average FBS team that North Dakota State beats. Uh, I think their skill position talent is really good, and that's going to carry them to a win, so I'll take Arizona by like a touchdown to 10 or something like that. Yeah, we're all pretty in alignment here. Uh, Arizona, uh, I don't know that they have to win this game to feel good about it, but it's going to it's gonna really accelerate the Arizona bowling agenda. Uh, okay, and then the last game of the slate, Arizona State hosts Eastern Michigan at 8 p.m. Pacific. Arizona State is a 20-point favorite. Matt, who wins, who covers? Arizona State's going to go off. Uh, Arizona State wins and covers. Eastern Michigan has given up 49 and 34 points in their two games. Ooh, yikes. Uh, Greg? Arizona State wins and covers for the reasons Matt said. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to pick Arizona State to win and cover. I am also going to say if they cover this game, I'm going to feel pretty good about Arizona State. Uh, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel like they are a bowl eligible team for sure. You're so but, dumb. Well, <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Avery? I'm a little embarrassed by how boring my picks were this week, um, but I'm just going to chalk it up to um, it being non-conference and Arizona State's going to beat Eastern Michigan, but I don't think they're going to cover, and hopefully next week we have more um, chaotic picks. I'm sure we will. Sure we will. Uh, well, that's it. Real, that's... real quick, real uh-huh. quick, for the point system, are we? do we want to go off of the spread at the time that we picked the games or at the time of kick? I feel like it should be at the time of kick. Like, I feel like if the line is wrong, then the line is wrong. and Works for me. I actually, actually, at the time of kick makes sense because we won't always have the lines when we pick right now. Well, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's just do it at the time so of just kick. just at the time, time of kick, kick that's right. when points get assigned. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, any any thought? I did want to say, uh, we, we didn't really get to talk about this. Are y'all feeling good about the Pac-12? You feel good like the Pac-12 has had a good bounce back year? I'm, I am personally of the opinion that they are much better than last year. But Avery, you I don't have think thoughts. I'll ever feel good about the Pac-12. Uh, <laughs> but I do, do feel, feel good about their about performance. Them. Yeah, they've done a lot better than last year. Like the fact that wasn't there only like two losses this week? Three, seven and three. Okay, still, but one of them was good. to another Pac-12 team, so it doesn't count. Yeah. No, That's seven and three in good. the non-conference. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm silly. And they didn't, and no losses to FCS teams this year so far, which we could not say last year. They had a couple. Yeah. We do have North Dakota State coming up, so let's not speak yeah. too soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. <laughs> so if they get out of this with no losses to FCS teams, that would be great. They be- beat Wisconsin. Uh, we the Pac-12 beat Wisconsin. Um, didn't they have a couple Power Five wins last uh, week? We're not sure. Um, and you know their losses are respectable. Oklahoma State and uh, Mississippi State. In Georgia, those are all fair losses. But yeah, the only loss that should not have happened was Utah, Florida. 
and even that like is relatively well explained. Understandable. Yeah. So that's an understandable. Like, otherwise, loss. your middle tier schools are beating top tier G five schools. Your bottom tier schools are losing close to other middle like P five schools. I it's pretty good. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm excited about the Pac-12. So we will see. Okay. Well, that's all we have until next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. Support the show with a three dollars subscription. We'll send you a sticker. You get some ad free. Uh, content from us subscribe to our ten dollar a month here you get access to our instant reactions to games and other exclusive content greg and matt are actually dropping a pack 12 preview episode that drops thursdays at 5 a.m pacific um it's gonna be focused on gambling but they'll have i'm sure they'll talk about other things we'll get pack 12 news uh coming there we live stream the recordings of these episodes i have a pe- couple people jump in on those we have a bunch of impromptu live streams all that stuff so go check that out at notruckstops.com uh thank you for listening follow the podcast on twitter at notruckstopspod that's avery That's Matt. That's Greg. We will be back next week, but for now, thank you for listening, and remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even Jake Hanner.